Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 80 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast, which of course immediately follows that season review. Oh, so we, episode 79 was Yes, <laughs> we completely did, and of course that episode wasn't about the League One playoff final, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's been like a month, there's not been a lot of football happening, so I think we can be excused Nothing happened. for that. Exactly. Um, I'm sure our dedicated fan base are just happy to... We're back. Have us back. <laughs> exactly. So like for more of these, as we too thought this might have uh, died in the yeah. meantime, but uh, still here anyway on this week's show, we will be uh, recovering or recouping some of the information we missed out on on the past few weeks. We'll be talking about the Women's World Cup briefly. We'll also be talking about some of the new kits uh, that have been introduced uh, this year, some polarising opinions on those, as well as some of the transfers that have gone on. And we'll also preview some of the Europa League fixtures happening this week. It is one of my favourite times of the year, certainly John's as well, for obscure football. And there's a wee quiz to go with that as well, themed around It's a Knockout. Anyway, joining myself, Scotland's ropiest former announcer, (laughs) Paul Menzies, it is the man who uh, is addicted to his horoscopes as he is his football oh, hush. John Brown oh. why have I said that John is it actually like, is, is there a, I don't know Aries notification coming up it must not be now it's one of these things John had a joke. A, an automatic horoscope sent to his Twitter every yeah, day I don't, know how, I don't know how to stop it tweet out on his page which was highly annoying to those that did follow plug to at Sofa Manager FC on Twitter because yes. we couldn't get the, the actual Sofa Manager one day Perhaps. Anyway, it's nice to have John back up from London. Aye, for the day. Of course. <laughs> yeah, flown up especially for this episode. <laughs> and it'll be good to have his insights. Maybe hear about uh, his trip to Wimbledon. Wembley, sorry. Wembley. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Only oh, it was Wimbledon. I'm not London enough um, for that. Oh, not quite yet. Anyway, let's crack straight on, shall we? Yeah. Right! First things first, uh, I have seven bullet points on my sheet of paper here. Okay. Um, the Women's Car World Cup is what I'll start with because it's what the media has been hyper-focused on all about uh, for two weeks. Record-breaking numbers mm. in terms of viewership and things like that, uh, mainly because they refused to put the news over it the other night, but anywho, <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. Just to bolster the numbers. Oh. Um, so, have you been watching much of it? Uh, bits and bobs. See uh, many of the Scotland games? Watched most of the Scotland games. Bitterly disappointed, I think. Uh, but I thought they lived up to everything a Scotland team yes, is. But I expected them to be better than what a normal Scotland team would be. Because they've actually qualified for a tournament. That's true. And I thought, That's here we true. go. Uh, I thought they were timid against England a wee bit. They didn't really... It was the first ever tournament they were at, so they didn't really know how to handle it. No. So, but... It, was, it a very, was a better result than was, the. I think at the Euros, the Euros got beat, beat like 6-0, 6-0 or something. 6-0, like. I think. Um, so we were kind of disappointed with that, given the performance on the night. Yes, could have been. Uh, I thought again, Japan, another very good team. But Japan didn't look great on the. They night. weren't, and it's a brand new kind of squad for them as well. I think um, a lot of kind of youngsters. Mm. And the Argentina game was a bit of kind of. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Argentina. It was a farce, on a number of spectrums. They should never have lost so many goals. So soon in the second half, exactly. It was and a complete capitulation. The end as well when they played the four minutes added on time when there really should have been about ten. That mm. saved us as well because we probably would have got beat four three. Yes, um, it's not been well officiated. I think it's, it's the biggest problem is the 
females sort of refereeing have never ever used bar. It's never been around in the oh, football. Yeah, it's okay. It's, first so it's all brand new mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. And they say, oh, how's that going to pan out if it's never been trialled? And you put in such a, a big tournament. It's mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, it's a good point you raise is that they're inexperienced because up until now, well, there's not been too much deliberation around VAR. The decisions have been, you know, fairly spot on in Champions League games, you know, Euro qualifiers and yeah. things like that. And then it, it, it for, all went For to, whatever reason, in this tournament, it's just gone to an absolute extreme. The, the, they, they are like analysing whether the stud got to the ball before well, the boot did. That was but, one of the things I saw in the, it was There was an offside decision. And, like, the girl was, you know, a hair length offside. Aye. And one of the um, pundits on Twitter basically tweeted that, well, you know, you can't be nearly pregnant. And I was like, well, <laughs> this is an entirely separate issue. I, you I know, hope that was a male presenter. It be nearly genocide, but, you know, that's not the D- point here. It's like, um, well, either way, like... Well, yeah, the problem is it's an entertainment sport, and if you're a hair length offside, you know, there's a margin of error. There, there has to be. And, again... They take minutes. Yes. When if they can't make their decision within 30, 30 seconds, seconds, it should just be scrapped. Just give it. Yeah. Um, or not give it in the circumstance. I well, yeah. I, I mean, it's, the bias always has to go to the attack. Benefit to the attacker all the time. Um, and the, we, the, we're not going to talk about the goalie rule because everyone knows That's just a shambles as shamble. well. To be honest, right, I think also if they're going to enforce that, they're going to have to enforce more on the, the strikers that are faffing when I, they go up to the... Taking the run up. Like, you're not pausing, you're running up, you're hitting the ball. Aye, should no, no, be no, one no. motion. Um, but I obviously good to see England's put out Trouble. by the USA. Um, yeah. What were some pretty miserably defended goals? Yeah, um, it wasn't great. It wasn't literally like, dinked over the top. Yeah, it wasn't a good game either. Really, the USA don't look that great. They're, they're, they know how to play international football. They know uh-huh. the dirty tactics. They kind of wind up the opponent. But as a as a squad and as an ability squad, I don't think they're quite. Where you expect it to be? Well, wait, see, they play Sweden mm. in the final. Netherlands in the final. Netherlands. Oh dear, they had a they had a woman that looked like Grace Jones in their squad. Actually, she was quite scary. Also, a terrible footballer. Yeah, it was just the one who was a was it the left winger. Possibly short hair, yeah. makeup. I think wouldn't makeup be a bad thing when you're playing football because it's going to like block up your pores I, and stop you. I have no idea. I, th- I think it would just stop your skin breathing a bit. I don't know. Scientist writing. Um, so. Do you think it's the next big thing? Mm, no, <laughs> it's. I'll never. It's. it's I don't. This is a grey area, right? I'm going to tread on eggshells. It'll never be as big as men's football, purely because of the size of men's football. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's a long way to go in terms of growth, mm-hmm. uh, which is ha- it has been happening. Yeah. So I think if, when it comes down to the Euros in 2021, mm-hmm. should be an even bigger. So well, they're t- for them. <laughs> just as we start qualifying, they're talking about expanding uh, the World Cup to more teams. Yeah. I'm like, oh, for goodness, we've, we've, we've just got to that level. But and now it's like, yeah. Everyone, I don't know why everyone. you would do that, though, when you still have, if you take Thailand, for example, mm-hmm. who got horsed in every single game, mm. you know, you're going to have more of that yeah. if you're going to bring in weaker nations into the tournament. It's, it, it dilutes the competition. Well, I think that that is the big issue with women's football at the moment is that there are massive gaps in between oh, teams. Huge, you see yeah. it in our league, you know, Hibernian, Glasgow City, maybe Celtic, and then... The rest, all in the women's The rest, up. if you go down a division, you're getting beat 10-15-0. Yeah. I mean, they don't even play with linesmen. It's, it's a referee and you have to call your own offsides. Good grief. Yeah, that's the that's, of, that is... That's the stage some of them are at. Well, I think it'll grow year on year <laughs> Um, you know, in America, for example, it's a huge sport. It's a massive thing. The reason it's such a massive thing in America is because girls don't really play American football. 
Therefore, the sport they are attention to is, um, is that. A brilliant way for them to get to college or uni. Yes. Um, is they'll do it through scholarships. And if you're a female, you, you can't get the basketball scholarship. You can't get the, mm-hmm. the American football scholarship. Mm-hmm. But soccer, I would imagine hockey and lacrosse mm-hmm. are your three best bets for, for doing that kind of thing. Lacrosse players are always dodgy. I always saw them in news reports getting involved in nah, some pretty violent, crimes right? and all that jazz. Um but no, I, I, when I was watching the tournament, just something doesn't look right about the games. Like technically, the women are brilliant footballers. Oh, the, the, there's just something odd about the pacing to it and the passing. It's. I mean, I, I reckon know. the pitch is slightly too big and the goals are slightly too big. I mean, I'm talking like a couple of meters either way. But yeah. I think if you scaled it down a bit, yeah. I mean, like you say, the, the technical ability is absolutely outstanding. Some of the the, the flair players are. A lot better than a lot oh, of the kind of men's football we've watched. I think the football <laughs> technically is better than what we watch yeah, in the, Scotland in the professional league. Um, some of the passing, again, I think if you showed the pitch, we see a much better quality. Yeah. Um, smaller goals. Although in saying that, you know, we, we were saying in the pub last night, the, the goalkeepers are getting bigger. I mean, there was like the six foot two Argentine goalkeeper. Baha, yes. Um, the Chile goalkeeper had a really good game as well, but you're still kind of fighting that kind of yeah. smaller element I don't know how to it's still it. quite easy to score there's a few you weird can, looting goals that you can lob like, the keeper from 30 yards yes exactly the thing. That's the, there's a few Austin Chase's shots that are like wow what a shot and I'm like yeah. some keepers would have moved two steps to their left and caught that yeah, it's just the size it's like hi so it's funny but it's definitely progressing and as we say they don't get the same play time as perhaps some of the professional men as it still comes online with oh, yep. more full time football if you don't even have linesmen in your that's professional that's a bit of an issue <laughs> Um, I've always enjoyed uh, the cup finals and things I've been to see but that's always been the best of it mm. really so interesting to see uh, also across the summer a favourite time for the sofa manager Kit Wall Kit review behind us on the video um, we've had some new kits uh, revealed I was on the BBC website today uh, where there's a wee poll um, where you can click what one you like get the fashionistas uh-huh, uh, and see which one's the top this is uh, limited to the Scottish kits which are currently revealed right so, which I think is most of them there's one or two so John Brown which came top what came top mm, um, what was the best looking kit according to the BBC website ooh. you're already overthinking it the heart's top no no. It'll be one of the old fun clubs in it is one of purely the in volume. <laughs> yes. Probably Celtic top then. No, you're wrong. Is it really it's Rangers? the Rangers top. Home top, point. Uh, which, to be fair, I think Rangers have trumped Celtic this year. I'm not a big fan of the Rangers kit. I just... I don't know. remember it, to be honest. It's like a... It's obviously Hummel, but they've gone for like sort of a... Oh, has it got the, is it white chevrons as well now? Oh, I don't know about the away kit. I'm talking about the home oh, kit. Because right. the home kit, I don't think it's even out yet. But it's been revealed for ages. No, okay. Um... But you know, blue, white, and red, simple as. Um, I don't like the shade of blue that the Rangers kits are at the moment. I could do with a darker blue, mm, uh, navy blue myself. <laughs> not a navy blue, no, but just a just a darker blue. I think it's uh, it's not my favourite kit this season. But do you know what came in second in the poll? The Celtic home. Top. No, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're useless. I am useless. Uh, the Motherwell kits oh, okay um, which are interesting at the moment because their reveal was uh, quite bland there's not currently sponsors on those tops i don't know whether that is that's probably helped to be honest well i think that's what yeah, makes it having cash converters like, splashed yeah, all then, over it oh well it's something but the away yeah. top hat is like white with the maroon oh, and then the amber uh, it's a little bit like a dumbarton top yes it's but it's, it's, primed, for the it's primed for a sponsor to be there and it isn't yeah. um so i think if there's not going to be a sponsor they could have been a bit more 
creative with yes. it. Uh, so but, they've used a template there. Yeah, but yeah. I agree, it's probably one of the better looking kits. Uh, interred. Have I mentioned it already? No. No, okay. Um, actually, I think else is decent. It's not going to be something daft like the Particle Way Top, is it? They're not in the Premiership, mate. Oh, is it the only Premiership? Only premiership. Right? We'll get to that, though. Nah. Aberdeen, you're quite right. Uh, oh, really? I like their away no, kit. Oh, come on. It's like, it's like that kit. It's just there's nothing different about it. Yeah, no, it's shiny street. and gold. Although, I must admit, I've been a, an advocate in this podcast in the past that if you're going to have gold in your kit... Expect a good season. Well, you should have won something the season yes. before. I mean, you can't just, you know, uh, dish it on. I think that's ridiculous. Um, so, and then I believe it was Celtic or... Maybe switch Aberdeen and Celtic in that mm. order. And then your Hearts and your Hibs. Yeah, I quite like the Hearts home thought. It was quite nice. Hearts always turns it's out quite, quite well. Yeah, it's very kind of one colour, but the shape and the, the design's normally quite nice. It's not really changed. It's very bland. Nah, it's, it's very maroon. Yeah, you don't have to do a lot there. <laughs> um, Hibernian, I don't think could have done much better than they did last season. That was a really nice kit. Um, they've gone back, interestingly, with some Hibernian community sponsorship on their jerseys. But right. With the American cash, perhaps. No, no, it's Sponsorship, not an issue anymore. But I do think it's interesting that, you know, the only teams that get mainstream sponsorship now would be Rangers and Celtic. The rest mm. of us are kind of dawdling on ah, the same sponsors. Locals. Um, and then lower down was your uh, your favourites, Ross County. Awful. That's the worst kit I've ever seen. Uh, well, no, I think St Mirren were uh, right down there as well. Really? I don't like that they're, they're experimenting with where they're putting the stripes at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit like Newcastle with the, it's like just yeah, three thick yeah. blocks. But I like that because there was a symmetry to it and the, the Newcastle top has the Puma, the logo. It's all over the place. Yeah. I just carry it. And then there are away kits like purple. Like I didn't that. mind the away kit. I have seen the away kit. I thought that looks alright. It's a it sells to a different market, which is yeah, I suppose. It's like buying like the pink Scotland top. You know, it's, that's true. It's, it's that's different. True. Actually, I did like the women's. Um, the, the pink top's really nice. The pink top. I is, yeah. Don't think about from my eyes, but uh, it's like. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I would have bought it. I never got around to it, uh, but I think I'm going up to Aberdeen next week to see the exciting tie. No joy. Um, that they're playing in the Europa League, so I might. Uh, Get the shiny gold one there because my favourite one still is the shiny blue one that I've got from years ago. Mm. Um, championship kit wise, Partick Thistle caused a stir uh, by releasing a rainbow coloured mm. uh, kit. Your opinions on this, Jordan? I it took me a good five minutes to actually look at the picture and realise what they were talking about. Right, okay. Because um, this is now it's like a pinstripe down the kind of side. It's it's and relatively subtle. It yes. is beyond subtle. It's, uh-huh. it's almost unrecognisable. Yes, and it's caused such a star for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I mean, I've, why is it such a big deal? I I don't think football clubs should be you know advocating. Well, do you know what? I don't think they should need to advocate for they things like this in the first it. place. Why 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 bring it on themselves? And at the same time, why is it caused such a star? It's a bit kind of so. The problem, the problem is you've been on the internet and you've seen you've I seen mean, our comment section with all those you know toxic the draconians. And, I know, no offense, guys. I'm only kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, it's a sh- it's a shame that I think something like that would need to exist in the first place. I mean, I've not heard such abuse on the terraces in a while towards like LGBT, but I know there's been a few incidents with like some older. Gentlemen and such like that, you know, I'm sure they don't intend to say it, but I think it's caused a stir in that uh, people like Frank McAvenny, yeah, yeah a man out. who lives in the 1960s. Well, you know, he was a was he a Celtic man? Am I right in saying uh, that? He was a Celtic 
player and his article kind of made out that he nearly signed for Partick uh-huh. but then signed for Celtic again and that's why they hold a grudge right. and that's why they would probably slot his article right, which is okay. incorrect Frank is your article was rubbish <laughs> that too um, but a lot of, I saw a lot of people commenting online as well like when, when are Celtic going to get their uh, rainbow kit out and there was a lot of hostility towards I'm that on, I'm waiting on their royal blue kit in the same way I'm waiting on Rangers releasing an emerald green kit well exactly you know? But you, bridging that gap. I think you tread on dangerous territory and it is ridiculous that we still have this association of football in Scotland to religious beliefs and such. Like, yeah, you know, it's you're, just a shambles. Your football team is your community. It's not. It shouldn't be related to that in any way, shape or form. But that caused quite a stir um, in the social media. Uh, Falkirk Hounds released their new kits as well. Yeah, not, not too bad. Yeah. Not as cool as the ones last season. Nah, they were they were really nice. In uh, fact, they've had a good run the last three or four seasons. Been really nice kits. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like the um, only issues I really have is the the puma badge and the blue kit is red, but never all the other trims white. Uh-huh. It doesn't make sense. And then the away kit, I, we really don't like the collar on them. If you're gonna have a collar, I don't uh, have an example behind me. Um, who wears a round neck? It's going to be a collar shirt. like that, to be honest. Yeah, like it's, a V neck. It's a bit bizarre. I don't know why they've. It's like half and half. I know, round neck. I don't. I don't even fully know why they still put collars in football kits. I no, think it's, it just gets in the road. It's a bit old fashioned, yeah. um, which is interesting enough. But it's a. Uh, it's a bit like Ferraris that when they they build good road cars, they build uh, rubbish race cars. When they build good race cars, they have rubbish road cars. Mm. When Falcon are playing badly, they've got good kits. When they're playing great, we've got rubbish kits. <laughs> I think is the the gist there. Um. Also, Falkirk have been leading the way in terms of uh, transfers uh, so far. I think one of the most active teams out there mm-hmm. with brand new 11 players uh, as much as in the door. Yeah. Well, they, they faced off a friendly the other day with an entirely new starting 11. Aye, all it was needed. Um, with one or two trialists there as well, so I expect that to be added. Yeah. Uh, Connor Salmon was the most recent addition. It's probably the most kind of more high-profile ones as well. It is, but mm. he has been... Stonkingly rubbish for two years or so. Yes, uh, yes. in various different divisions as well. Probably, he was probably the last good at Kilmarnock. Maybe um, was he good at Hearts? No, no. So I don't think he really played for Hearts either. He was loaned out to Motherwell, Partick. Oh, five years ago, rotten at Partick. But you know, uh, faces like him, Cammy Bell, um, Michael Tidzer are you know relatively established uh, uh, names in the Scottish game. Really good players in League One, if they can adjust themselves to it. Are they going to be the Dundee United of League One? Uh, probably not. I think that's still Wraith's title. Well, Wraith are the. I don't the I think Wraith have lower expectations. They shouldn't have lower expectations, but I think they're chronic uh, playoff scupperers. Yes, uh, they're bottle jobs by any stretch. They fluffed. Did they not fluff they've, the league? They've never won a playoff game. Did they not? I know they have, They must have won a playoff because they've been in playoff finals. Uh, I don't think they've ever won a playoff. I don't know. Um. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, won't be turning up to the many of those games, apart from the Betfred Cup, which is always interesting. Yeah, he's Langston uh, next Saturday. To gauge your opinion? Uh, oh, is it? Mm. Is that away? Home. Oh, I'm away anyway. So no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Miss out on that one there. <laughs> I'll uh, avoid that one as well. You come across any other interesting transfer news? Magnificent transfer news, perhaps. Well, disappointing for my side. Joe Rebo's moved to Rangers for Charlton. Joe from Charlton, yes. It's a disaster for Charlton. Charlton fans were getting in and about the Rangers fans with their displeasure about this. Rangers Aye. Stick the two fingers back to them. Well, quite Metaphorically. Right. Um, other than that, not too much. Um, I'm trying to think of the kind of more recent ones. I think Celtic have a long way to go in terms of their signings. Uh, the There's tur- not been the any. The Turnbull issue is obviously going over. 
over hang for the whole summer. There's not been any marquee signings. Nah, really. there's not been any kind of really crabs the headlines. Like last season, like it was Ross McCormack who went to Motherwell. Granted, he didn't do anything, but that was like the headline. Yeah, it was a big player. Off it all. I think it's more who's going to leave with Tierney and maybe Callum McGregor as well. Well, I, I think it's the case where if they can... I mean, a Tierney's a big question mark because I think he had a quieter season last season. He was out for most of it. But even when he was playing, you know, no one... He's not talked about in the same vein he was last season, I don't think. Yeah. And I think particularly now he's very much in the shadow of Robertson who's, you know, got a Champions League title. You're now the second best right back in Scotland. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but I I think there's been discussion whether he has to leave Celtic or not. I think absolutely now's your time to jump ship. If you want to prove yourself. If he wants to start making mega money, then you, absolutely. You know, if you want time. to play European football, John. like Well, I that as well. Because they're not making a Champions League in a million years. I don't think they will. Europa League's a possibility. It is. Um, but no one cares about nah, the Europa League. Really. Um, yeah, if he wants Champions League football, he's obviously not going to go to Arsenal. Yeah, so it's kind of rules. But Arsenal is a very big club. Yeah, he would never get... win anything though. Yeah, but I think if he goes to Napoli, he's got a fair chance of winning something. Napoli's an interesting or one. A, or a good move. If he can go to Napoli, then he goes to Juventus. You know? Napoli, if you are confident in your own ability and you feel like you can step out there and do your thing, is a fantastic stepping stone for a huge move. You Aye, look at someone like in Europe. well, like people like Higuain who went to Napoli. Humongous move to Juventus. Yep. If you do well at Napoli, you propel yourself yeah, I mean, into the superstar. You you know, Barcelona could be calling for you. Real Madrid, Bayern. Mm-hmm. You know, that puts you in that shop window. It does. You put yourself into a club like Arsenal. You could get <sighs> lost. I mean, you're going to end up like Theo Walcott or... I think you end up stuck there for yeah, a long that, time. Yeah, that's true. You've kind of... English clubs are very... Cliquey, once right? you're not in England cliquey, you're hardly going to leave like, well they don't there's not a lot of trading between the big clubs nah. down there anymore unless there's a very disgruntled player mm-hmm. and even now we're um, you know halfway through the summer we're still looking at like Pogba's and stuff being shifted on and um, they're all going back in, effectively back to Europe mm-hmm. um, I'm sure the Brexit campaign will be happy about that one <laughs> 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 I think Man United fans will be happy with that nah, I think everybody will um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how much do you think it would require? How much is he worth? Worth and what he'll probably move for is two different things. I think. He's, do you think he'll move for more than he's worth? Uh, uh, is he worth thirty million pounds? He's not worth thirty million. I'm, I reckon he'll move between. I think he'll move for twenty. Uh-huh. With about five million pounds worth of add-ons to take it to twenty-five, well, which I, is what Celtic want. If they've got any sense about them, they'll have they like buy-on clauses and yeah. stuff like that. Because they got twenty million for Dembele. That was a sham. He's done all right at Leon, but I don't think he's set the world on fire. I think he's he's close to breaking through. Uh, apparently, Man United were looking at him, but Man United have looked at everybody. I know. Um, so I'm interested to see. I think I would like to see him move on. Mm-hmm. To be brutally honest, I think for him and for the Scotland team as well, I think it would be a a big deal to have another kind of player, a world class yeah. team. It's time to go. There's nothing more you can do at Celtic. I mean, would he like to be there for um, ten in a row? Maybe, I don't know, he's a big Celtic boy, but, you know... It's one of these things, do you either put your yeah. career and your bank balance first, mm. or do you put owners and... See, 30 years ago, this would never have been a question, you would have stayed at Celtic. Probably. Um, now it's a different... There's too much money to be flung about. There's too much available to you. But that's the thing now, is that, you know, the big money transfers of old, like, I remember watching the transfer deadline, and I'm like, 
Torres would go for 50 million and like these humongous named players. Now, I'm getting some random from Leon for 62 I million. The biggest one just now is that Joe Felix to Atletico Madrid for 90 million pounds or something. <laughs> stuff like that. I've never heard of the guy. It's absolutely mental. Um, it's, it's far out of proportion. But that's the problem: is they're they're trying to find, and I think teams have changed now. In that you know, teams that won league, like you know, Man United and Arsenal, it was a brilliant team. Yeah. Now you look at someone like Barcelona, it is Messi, and everyone, everyone else. else found it. Yep. You looked at um, Real Madrid at one point, it was Ronaldo, and everyone else. They lost him. Yeah, they collapsed. They were math. Uh, you look at Chelsea; it's kind of Hazard and everyone else. So it's now about getting your... You get your marquee signing and you build the rest of it as a kind of squad around them and hopefully the best out of the other guy. Pretty much. Um, I think the, the only exceptions really to that, well, the only exception to that rule would be Man City. Um, it's a team full of world-class players and it's a team, and it's the same with Liverpool as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't look at that squad and go... No, that's true, yeah. None of them are like a Ronaldo figure. They're all very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Like Sani and Mo Salah. Mm-hmm extremely good players but mm. you would never put them in the same bracket I don't think as Ronaldo and Messi that's true ah, that's a very good point and look at they won the Champions League mm. so maybe a restructuring into uh, how you're thinking of uh, buying things I would suggest um, what else do we have yes on the same vein Lauren Shankland <laughs> oh, yeah, that prolific striker touted for a million pound move you know down south <laughs> up to Rangers <laughs> Where's his chosen destination? Dundee United. Dundee United. I think this proves the point that uh, you move when your stock's high. Yes, you really should have cashed in at the time. <laughs> yes, because that surprised me, and I'm sure it surprised it surprised other people me well. quite a bit. I fully expected them to end up um, not in England, but mm-hmm. a Premiership team in Scotland. Whether it would have been uh, maybe Kilmarnock actually. Yeah, that's a good shout. But it's going to hurt Air United a lot. I think they're going to struggle next season. But it was impossible for them almost to get to the same mm-hmm. stage as we are this season, well, mm-hmm. last season. So, it's not great for them. However, to me, Shanklin done well up to about January. And then, well, got, got injured, injured and, and then just yeah. completely lost all his kind of momentum. So maybe that's it. So we can we can put a lot of money on he won't be promoted next season. Uh, with yeah. Dundee United. Um, uh, Dundee signing, interestingly, as well. Some like Fraser Five, Jordan McGee players like that. They've done quite well. Their recruitment's been quite strong. Unusual. Uh, so they could be uh, dark horses, or just horses, <laughs> to watch for next season. Uh, elsewhere in the Premiership, it's been relatively quiet. Aberdeen have kind of replaced what they lost. Craig Bryson getting him, which is mm. probably one of the bigger signings out with the old uh, firm. You might finally be getting rid of Stephen May. Could be going to St. Johnston. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, that's, that's the latest. Do you know what the thing is, though? He's definitely amazing when he gets to St. Johnston. Well, I'll have a chance. Mm. He's like Michael O'Halloran. Well, plays well for one club. Yeah, I know. Where's the see now? Is he still there? I think he's back at St. Johnson. Maybe he sells. Rangers has picked off a few, like Jordan Jones um, has now moved there, obviously. Aye, Jake we'll, Hasty from Mallerwell, who's uh, maybe one for the future. They're 700 grand's worth of Oldham <laughs> defender. Yeah, um, they've been picking up a lot of uh, English subdivision players. Kind of, a few kind of Liverpool loanies as well. But they're struggling to get uh, Kent... I think they'll struggle with that anyway. Um, I think he'll be loaned out to an English Championship side, probably. Mm. Uh, so we'll wait and see there. Uh, Hibs and Hearts have been relatively quiet. Yeah, but I think um, um, for Hibs, I think they've got a more settled squad. They have a very good squad. I mean, they've seen Scott Allen as well. Yeah. So that kind of adds to it. 
Um, they've signed a striker as well. Connor Washington. Connor Washington signed for Hearts. Did he? Yep. I thought he signed for Hibs. No, he signed for Hearts. Are you sure about that? Very. I'm going to check. Washington signed for Hearts. I'm going to David Vanacek is what I'm going to do. (laughs) Disaster that he left. Uh, They've signed two players. They signed uh, Craig Hulkett on a pre-contract which I thought was quite good. But they still need a lot of kind of decent players to come into that team. I just don't see the ambition, especially for Hearts. Um, oh no, you're quite right. No, I'm quite right. Uh, good, my bad. Good. Sorry, I just saw him in an Ireland kit yeah. and maybe presumed green, uh, <laughs> which was bad of me. Um, I I just don't see the ambition for Hearts to like, because right now, right, they've had what three seasons back in the Premiership now. Yes. And it's progressively got worse. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, you know, now's the time where they really need to be hitting third place uh, for the fan base they've got, for the budget they've got. They really should be challenging Aberdeen and Hibs in that respect. Um, and the anomaly that is Kilmarnock as well. I, do you really think they'll do as well this season? Well, I don't know, but they Kilmarnock finished third on a quarter of the budget that I bet you those other three have. That's true, but they had a world-class, well, I say world-class, a very good manager. Yeah, a very good manager, but mm. then... I don't think they've signed anybody yet this season. Who come on it? Yeah. No. Uh, but they replaced with a man who has come through similar experiences with Steve Clark. No. He's maybe uh, just waiting on the Italian transfer window. Well, I mean, what can go wrong? Because if you don't do well at Kilmarnock, nobody cares. Nobody looks at what Kilmarnock are doing. Well, he's set expectations very, very high. Has he? And that's an issue, I think. So it was a good team last season. That, um, they've lost Jones... But apart from that, I mean, Boyd retiring as well. But yeah, Greg Stewart, you lost him for the second half of the season, but I don't think that was a great loss. I don't know what Rangers are doing signing him, by I the way. He, he'll, he'll be another O'Halloran, though. Nah, he's, um, I, I, he's signed to weaken other teams. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be that helpful. Um, and they've you know kept hold of Scotland International Eamon Brophy. A sentence I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would say. Aye, and you probably never will say again. No, hopefully not. He wasn't all that great. No offence, he's a great striker, though, but... No. <laughs> Um, so I uh, we will see how they go. Mm. Anyway, with chat of Kilmarnock, shall we push on to our Europa League coverage? Yes, why not? Good. So, what we're going to start with this week is my quiz, which was on the other side of the sheet of paper. I no, folded I it so you couldn't see. Uh, this quiz is called "It's a Knockout," so you'll never guess what music I'll use for this. Yes. <laughs> Cue that music right there. Right, the theme for it's a knockout, an old uh, quiz show on television. I presume none of our listeners will be. Channel Four, I think it was. It could be. <laughs> you know more than me. I don't even know the premise of the game. Anyway, the premise of this game is I have picked other teams from the first round of Europa League qualifying, or right. who are in the first round of Europa League qualifying, and you are to identify if we knocked them out. So you would say knockout if we knocked them out, right. and if they knocked us out, you would say knocked out. Okay. I've got one, two, uh, three, four. I've got five teams here. So you get one point for telling me if the team were knocked out by us or they knocked us out. Right. And one point for the team that they played. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yep. So, this is quite difficult in places, but we'll yeah. give it a go. Shall I start with a good one? Yeah, why not? Brondby. IF. The. A Danish team. Knocked us out. The correct one point. Uh, it was Hibs. It was. 
Can you tell me when? Uh, that was 2016. It was. You're very good. After they won the Scottish Cup. That was the, the Scottish Cup. They were a championship side. They would have been. Um, yeah. You know what the uh, final result was? It wasn't that bad because I think they they certainly scored in Bronby. They did. Because it's one of the best videos on YouTube for their goal celebration. Mm-hmm. All of their fans going absolutely nuts. David Gray um, got a, a goal there. It must have been quite... They had to lose on penalties. It did. You're, you're very knowledgeable. Uh, it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> Listeners and viewers. Um, <laughs> yes, so in 2016, qualifying through the Scottish Cup win, they lost 5-3 in penalties. A 1-1 draw on aggregate, each scoring um, at the uh, away ground. Because that would have been quite a coup. Well, against a side that included Daniel Agar and Timmy Pukki yeah, at the time. They had a, they were quite a big uh, squad team. Well, a big team in Denmark. Uh, so good two points there That's fine. to round us off. Actually, I'll give you three because I'll say two points for the team as well. Right, next. Mm-hmm. Alkashar. Al- Alashkart, Alashkart, sorry. Alashkart. Uh, who did they play? They played a few different teams. I think. Relatively recently. The most recent people they would have played in Scotland. Is that the team that's based in Kazakhstan? Armenia. Armenia. Who would have been to Armenia? That wasn't the Aberdeen, was it? No. Celtic? It was. Yeah. Hmm. They must, Celtic must have beat them. Aye, we knocked them out. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to give you one point for that because you did say Aberdeen first. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, beaten by Celtic 6 0 on aggregate during the first round of Champions League qualifying in 2018. Mm. So I think they ended up in Kazakhstan that season as well. Possibly. The Armenians face FC Macedonia in their first round of this season. I have no idea if they're from, actually, Macedonia. Do you get cheese for that? No idea. Absolutely no idea. Anyway, was it cheese you were saying? Macedonia. We need some beers to go with that Macedonia. How dare you? (laughs) And and my next team is Apoel Beer Shiva of Israel. That was Celtic as well. It was Celtic. Two Uh, points for that. They bet them. We knocked them out. Did we not? Yes. Do you know how? Um, <laughs> this was in 2016. Oh, this wasn't an eligible player. That was... That was uh, a Swiss team. Uh, no, that was a Polish team. Oh, I was on oh, a Warsaw or something. Yeah, it was a Warsaw. So, Away goals. Celtic edged the Israelis 5-4 on aggregate. They won the home leg 5-2 and then lost the away leg 2-0. Yeah. Which, uh, I remember uh, watching that. Would have been squeaky bum time. Uh, so good, you're now on seven points. That's not bad. Out of a possible Eight. nine, yes, yeah. nine. My multiplications. We're getting there. <laughs> Great for a school teacher. Mm. <laughs> Next team. This is a really interesting one, but quite retro. Hajduk Split, another team in the first round of the Europa League. Mm, blame me, Croatians. They um, are. Mm. No points for your show off of this. Hajduk Split. Who would they have played? Now, this was in 1986. <laughs> Christ. Aberdeen. <laughs> uh, Ab- it was not, no. Damn it. <laughs> who else been in Europe? Who, in the would, who, who was who good in Europe, in, in Europe in the 80s? <laughs> if it wasn't Aberdeen. It must have been Rangers then. No. Was it not? <laughs> Try again. Dundee United? It was. Yes. You beat them. Uh, yes. Knocked them out. So Dundee United beating the then Yugoslavians. They oh Christ! Thereafter, <laughs> how long ago it was? Two um, 0 during the UEFA Cup in 1986. The highlights are still available on Is YouTube. It? Let me find that. That must be quite good watching. And it was the same year they went to the final um, with players like Morris, Morris Malpass and Paul Sturrock, and they were beaten by Gothenburg in the final. Yep. 
um, unfortunately. So, one point there. I'll take it. And the last one. K.R. Reykjavik. That's Dom Fellon. It's wrong. Oh no. They could be off some Icelandic team as well. Did they? Yeah. You have to check that. Uh, that might be more recent than this one. And if it is, I will give you the points anyway. Hold on. Bear with. Who is it again? Runovic. K.R. Reykjavik. Oh, Reykjavik. Icelandic. Uh, who are they playing here? Drank. Think of teams that would be in Europe this season. Just last season. Well, who's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Matches. Please don't have Reykjavik. Please don't have Reykjavik. Ah, uh, no. Uh, the, it was Iceland. sorry, were beaten in the UEFA Cup against a team called FH. If we play in Iceland, they're not. Uh, would you care to pronounce. Uh, f- oh, God, right. F- uh, Fimlik Hafalag. <laughs> in English, apparently, it's the Half Narfjordur Gymnastics Club. Commonly referred to as FH. Right, so we go be off a gymnastics club, basically. <laughs> yes, they essentially <laughs> did. <laughs> oh, they'll love that, hearing that back, so no. Uh, do you want me to give you. I'll give it up. Kilmarnock played KR Reykjavik whilst qualifying for the UEFA Cup in 1999. I was thinking that. Um, and I believe, it's it's unclear looking at the webpage, I think they might have done it in extra time because they scored in 90 minutes and they scored in 94 minutes. Now, they were 1-0 oh, down. Right. So I think what they did was got a last-minute equaliser to force extra time. That might have been, that been golden goal either. I don't know. But some of it's listed as extra time, some of it's not. Um, but people in that team, Gary Holt, Ian Gerrard, yeah. Paul Giacomo, Giacomo, who is a name I recognised? Giacomo. Giacomo. Um, and they finished ninth out of ten <laughs> in the season, so... Nice. Um, I'm out for that. Aye, uh, it was a bad one. So, John, you scored three, six, seven, eight points out of three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. That's pretty good. That's over half, isn't That's it? That's all Tick, tick, tick. Well done, you. Uh, so, was that a good format? That was pretty good. <laughs> it was interesting. I think the Dundee United fact was good and the Kilmarnock retro ones were good. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen's were all too recent uh, and they didn't really have anyone in the first round that was of interest. Although Aberdeen did play KR Reykjavik in, like, 1967. In a qualifying That's thing for European football, which was uh, oh, quite I was expecting some builders like Queen of the South and they all should have been in Europe. I looked up the Queen of the South, but their team aren't in the first round yeah. either. I don't know if Gretna would have got in Europe. I looked up Gretna's and they actually played a Danish side or some. Oh no, Queen of the South, I think, played a Danish side. Because I thought Queen of the South were knocked out by the random Icelandics, but that must have been Dunfermline. Dunfermline. And I looked up Queen of the South and I looked up Gretna's as well, but they are not in the first mm. round. Oh well. There you go. Anyway, looking ahead to the Europa League, which is the most wonderful time of the year. It is. Hence why I've got my Aluko top from like the year after he scored against Bayern Munich in the last 32 of the UEFA Cup. <laughs> How long ago that seems? Oh, a long time ago. Uh, the three of us are lumped into the first qualifying round. Uh, we'll catch up with Celtic later, no doubt. <laughs> right, yeah. Although I noticed the Champions League preliminary round qualifiers that lost go into the second round of Europa League qualifying. 
which I'm a bit like. How does that work? I don't know, but that's like Lincoln Red Imps and stuff, and like oh, San Marino teams that have gone in to the second round of Europa League qualifying, <sighs> where teams like Wolves also sit and wait. Oh, lovely! Yeah, can't wait for that one. Which hence why Aberdeen went straight into the third round and got like Burnley last season, mm-hmm. which that place is long gone, which is reckless since Rangers did so well qualifying last year. Anyway, three games going on here. Which one do you want to start with? Aberdeen, Rangers or Kilmarnock? Uh, I think probably the Kilmarnock ones you just want to talk about. Go for it. So They play a very familiar team called Connorskey. Connorskey Nomads. The Connorskey Nobads. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about Nobad, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Now, Kilmarnock were obviously hoping for an exotic trip. Aye. And it became abundantly clear quite early on that that was not going to happen no. in the first round. Welcome to Wales. Um... So the first leg, I believe, is at Connors Key on the 11th of July, this coming Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a tricky team to meet in the first round when you're not firing on all cylinders. I don't know how Kamarnock have been doing in friendlies. I've not heard too much. Like I say, I don't think they've done very much at all this summer. No signings. Very little departures, all the same. But Well, no, it's been very quiet. New manager that is relatively unproven at the moment. We don't mm-hmm. know how he's going to uh, set out his stall. Uh, one thing should be said as well, Connors Key did play a uh, friendly with Aberdeen in the recent weeks, mm. and the result was nil nil. Yeah. So, a team that we've seen previously. How would you characterise them? Uh, brutes. They're very strong and physical. They're yes, absolute brutes. None of them are particularly fit. Um, they're quite. <sighs> Don't know how you agricultural maybe would be the best way to describe it. Yes, but you look at <coughs> um, and a lot of teams will be familiar with their Challenge Cup run uh, of last season. Yeah. I mean, and they held Ross County for seventy minutes, sixty-five that, minutes. That'll go down as one of the worst football games I've ever seen, though. <laughs> but playing in front of the worst crowd I've ever seen. Oh, the, the fact that you bring some Welshmen who I think are borderline English um, all the way up to Inverness. However, all that way from home, they stood firm. And very nearly give us a darn good scare. Well, this is it. Um, they have, maybe they have got a very kind of tall physical guy up front. Oh, I forget his name, but he's a fair age. He's 38, 39 year old. Right. So, you know, like just let him kind of run about for an hour. <laughs> and when <laughs> he, he gets subbed off, then fine, half an hour, he's got to kind of grab two or three goals, which is exactly what County did in the final. I mean, that's the thing, you know. The Kilmarnock are not Ross County. At the same time, either you know they finished. They, they should be a lot better. Yeah, they finished third in the league last season. You know this this shouldn't be a problem. But I do think it is a potential banana skin for a team that is not that familiar uh, with the European format. Now, I think they're helped a lot in that they're not going to charter a flight to Cardiff. Um, I wouldn't exactly. imagine so. <laughs> and you know it's not like going to Kazakhstan or whatever. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a good way to ease them in. Um, it's a it's a very good. Or it should be a, a good round just to get them through it. Yeah. And they'll have the two games experience and then they can go into the second qualifying round where there's, is it Partizan Belgrade, I think, awaits. Yes. Which is an entirely different beast to go into like mid-wheels. Exactly. Uh, so it could be, as you say, a good way to start them off. I expect the leg at in Wales to kind of be pretty... If they get like a 1-0 win... They'd be happy. It's quite a good result. Came in with a 0-0 or 1-1, whatever. And then they would maybe try to ease on the gas. Aye, you can take it back to the Rugby Park. So good luck to them. How far do you reckon they will go in qualifying? If if they can go to Partizan and come back with a a 0-0 or even a 1-0 defeat, I think they may have a good 
good chance at home. It's just one of these things. It's a fairy tale waiting to happen. There's such a question mark because but, we haven't seen them in European competition. Yes. We haven't seen them with the new manager, and we haven't really seen the new signings either. So no. it's hard to say. So, I would uh, I would be optimistic for them and say third qualifying round where they would probably get somebody like Wolves. That's where we usually get punted out. Yeah. Scottish teams as the third qualifying round. So I. I'm going to be less optimistic and say the second qualifying round because right, I think a prospect like Belgrade could be too difficult. Oh, uh, what's the next fixture you want to go for then, John? Uh, who have we got? Rangers and St. Joseph's. Rangers and St. Joseph's, who I thought I... Irish <laughs> <laughs> team. <laughs> Irish, uh, as opposed to from Gibral- Gibraltar. Uh, I think we decided Gibraltar. Was that Gibraltar or Malta? I think it's... Oh, why am I doing this? Anyway, uh, this is a slam dunk fixture. They are based in... Gibraltar, there Gibraltar, there we go. Why am I doubting myself? <laughs> Stop looking at my iPad. <laughs> uh, I think this is a slam dunk. It should be a slam dunk. I really think that they'd be very disappointed if they didn't go the distance as they did last season. I would fully expect them to get, if they get a favourable draw throughout, 100% group stages. Well, I mean, who... who? It's either... Um, progress or somebody <laughs> else to play <laughs> the rematch like. I mean the th- <laughs> that's the thing you get this cloud hanging over you and maybe some of them will be shivering like whoa it's funny looking back at their um, just flashbacks to Kashina in a hedge well <laughs> well look at the record from last season the second qualifying round you know Oziek are there as well Oziek yeah uh, who they signed like half their team from aye uh, they can uh, kind of left them because they kind of realised not so good uh, your other teams in that round that they could face potentially later on Espanyol we've mentioned Wolves Eintracht Frankfurt having to hump them uh, Strasbourg yeah. I think you'd be you'd be alright there uh, Vitoria of Portugal Sturm uh, Glasgow quite interesting they don't yeah, quite well I think season. the Swiss sort of Austrian Belgian teams you would like to think they were equal with they would have a fair same chance it's a, it's a decent climate as well they're not having to go to you know, 40 degree heat in Macedonia yeah. same with the Dutch teams it gets more difficult to them with that Spartak Moscow Feyenoord um, Standard Liège Braha Braha uh, um, and then all the way up to who are the automatic qualifiers Arsenal and Man United what a sham Rennes and San Etienne good grief how did Austria get an automatic place Wolfsberger uh, I don't think they've got anybody for the so Champions League so the Belgium I think it's just because um, Red Bull Salzburg do so well. Ah, that's that's true. coefficient. Yeah. Ah, so we don't really... You expect Rangers to go the distance then, as we say? Like I said, if they got a favourable draw, it should be fine. I do think, though, that um, Gerrard must be seething that Lampard, <laughs> who's followed the same managerial path as him, just kind of down south, yeah. um, has got the Chelsea job when the Liverpool job is not looking like it's going to be available for uh, rather some time. No, there's worse places to hang around, though, um, for Gerrard. I think, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into it in a couple of weeks' time, but do you, I don't know if Celtic will maybe have the same kind of dominance as they've had in the last couple of seasons. I don't think that, I don't think the Rangers signings have yet been strong enough. The problem is, everyone in Scottish football right now is so static. And see, when I looked back at these results in Europe from like 2016, it's the same players. Rogic, you know, they were all still there. I think Rogic had longer hair at the time, is the only thing that's changed. Um, and it is, it is the time to make big moves, but you're you're not going to get there with English Championship and League One players. No. You know. That's the market they're in. But at the same time, I don't see many Scottish players that I'd be like, sign him. He is head and shoulders above everyone else in his team and in that league. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a challenging time. 
I don't know what his aims or goals would be this year. I think Rangers would be disappointed to come out of the next season without a trophy. Yeah. And yeah. they've proven that they can beat Celtic on their day. To get into the Europa League group stages again is a really good result for them. That's true, yes. And if you win either League Cup, Scottish Cup, it's a good start. Well, they did. Uh, they got through the group stages as well last year, let's not forget, didn't they? No. No. Did they not? Yeah. Did Celtic? Yeah, ooh. I don't know. I don't know if they did. No, I don't think they did. Oh, yeah, they did. Because there was a whole Red Bull shenanigans where they actually knocked out like Red Bull... Oh, Leipzig and were in the same group. Aye, and who did they play then? Who did they play in the last thirty two? Who did they? Who knocked them out then? Uh, it was oh the Spanish team. Uh, Valencia. Aye, there you go. So Rangers didn't get through. How did Rangers had Villarreal and Rapid Vienna, who I think qualified ahead oh, of them because they did very well and, and they did it where we were on the earlier part of that and kind of faded a bit. Yeah. Oh well, so something to aim for. Absolutely. Um, to try to get out of the group stages, and we fully expect Celtic to be. In those groups as well, Europa League groups, not Champions. League. Yeah, groups. certainly not the Champions League groups. Uh, <laughs> Make that abundantly clear. I know. And to our uh, last fixture, and the most exciting one. Uh, indeed, we'll leave that one to last. Um, that I am going to on Thursday to my annual trip. What the hell To Petrodje. The last time, well, last time I went to a European game was the FK Ventspils of Latvia. Oosh. Who they they beat relatively comprehensively on the night, but I was kicking myself that I never bought an Aberdeen FK Ventures half and half spot Shouldn't scarf. Be. Nope, no, that's, that's <laughs> I know you hate half and half scarf. Not allowed if I see it, I'll when, cut it in half. When? <laughs> <laughs> brum brum, hence why they call them half and half. But when are you ever going to see Aberdeen's name next to Rova Nyman Palosuera? Aye, uh, good question. Or R O P S Rova Nemi. Uh, they are uh, I'm excited to see a team that can actually finish because hey. they're from Finland <laughs> but, but, but they can't finish for uh, your sake well <laughs> they finished F-I-N-N-I-S-H-D you can see what I did there uh, second in their Premier Division last season which sticks them into this round of qualifying they have never qualified for European competition and have only beaten Glentoran Vlasnia of Albania Shamrock Rovers and GKS Katowice of Poland um, and according to their Wikipedia page, their kit man is Scotsman David Cool. Now, given that they're playing Aberdeen in a week, I would question the authenticity of that particular entry. Because <laughs> every other member of staff now on, apart from the playing squad, is Finnish. Apart from David Cool. Apart from David Cool. Who played in the Arctic Circle. Well, <laughs> isn't they are in the Arctic Circle. Uh, I have actually been to Rovaniemi as a youngster to see Santa Claus. Um and what were very different conditions to I imagine what they play football in. Well, the weirdest thing is it'll be daylight nearly all like all day and all night. It's not that bad, really. It's not that bad. It, see, when people say that, it, it's only like that really far north in the Arctic Circle. But you're going to the Arctic Circle. Uh, yeah, I know, but like, they might not need as many floodlights. It's still uh, going to get dark and things like that. Or, uh, the the day is certainly going to be longer. Um, the stadium's actually minted. It's very small. But it's like a wee two-tier thing that, that goes up and down, up and down. It's a wee wavy thing. Um, you have to keep the snow off. Like. Well, perhaps. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, you know, so it'll be an interesting fixture. I don't think about that. Are they halfway through their season then? Do they play a summer league? I don't know. I don't know. That could be... That's always a problem. It is a bit of a problem for Scottish teams. That's why we always struggle so hard. See these Eastern Europeans that no one's heard of, no one ever wants to go out to see, and they always beat us. Huh? Uh, this is slightly different we've traditionally done quite well against Scandinavian teams better climate I think yes 
Eastern Europeans we struggle against. Yeah, it's normally like, like I say, 40 degrees. It's like going to... Yeah, Central Europeans we struggle against and Western Europeans we struggle against. Yeah, yeah. Irish people we don't struggle against. Welsh, not so much. But yeah, that was going to be an honour. Was, I was trying to remember, it was Armenia Bratislava or Armenia Bratislava. I pumped Celtic 5 0. Yes. Uh, which was mental because they won 4 0 in the home. Uh, like, and they then played Hibs like, the season after. There was a very much a thorn on our side. Yeah. Uh, I would expect Aberdeen to win this one. Uh, yeah. There's Again, it's speculation we don't know much about the, <laughs> the finish side at all until we see them. They do have a Brazilian. Uh, that's always an omen it's always scary I remember when the Kazakhstanis turned up with like four Brazilians I was like oh but uh, hopefully not too bad um, going forward do we expect Aberdeen to qualify third qualifying round third who, qualifying who did have in the second qualifying round I can't remember I don't know has that been drawn yet yeah first and second look, look it up on your wee tablet and I'll, uh, I'll I can't have look up Wi-Fi. what oh, okay you spout some stuff to be because you don't want to give me the password basically no, never. Um, I'm trying to think who they have. Um, we'll talk about though. They have been kind of signing people as the weeks go by. Um, James Wilson um, has come out in articles recently saying he's chosen happiness over money. Uh-huh. To Aberdeen, he's chosen the only contract that was offered to him, well, which made them happy. One, one, the thing is though, um, you know, people like Man United are not in the business of selling youth players on the cheap. They are in the business to make money. You look at yeah, a couple of mil. The reason these academies are set up um, is because, like, for example, PSG sold, like, Timothy Weah for £10 million to Lille recently. What? There was another youth player that went for £14 million, another player went for, uh, like, £15 million as well. So they got £40 million out of three... Youngsters that will never get into the first team. No, but the, the reason they're doing that... Of financial fair play. ...is to offset the financial yeah. fair play, which I've, I've heard that um, people like Barcelona are getting around in really nippy ways by constantly trading with Valencia and there's some really sketchy transactions Fair as enough. to how they're getting around also their chairman's been an absolute so-and-so oh about Antoine Griezmann about Griezmann about Neymar as well I don't know why you would want Neymar back well you know, Neymar's in a whole heap of trouble at the moment with various allegations mm. uh, but uh, anyway so Aberdeen now have Curtis Main on their books they've got um, James Wilson James Wilson they've got Sam Cosgrove and currently CV May who I think I'll probably leave. Who could be shifted on, which leaves you with three incredibly similar strikers uh, vying for one place. Yeah, and the fact that you've lost Mackay Stephen kind of loses a bit of, kind of creativity as well. I you're think now, you're kind of relying on McLennan uh-huh. to come up and begin to try and see out the season, mm-hmm. which could be a bit of an issue. I think Craig Bryson's a good signing, though. Craig, what they've done essentially is they've signed like for like replacements mm. uh, you know there was a fast fullback that came in from like Holland uh, that would be a backup to like Shea Logan and provides a bit of cover and then with the loss of like Mark Reynolds as well oh, they've not, not, brought, great not a great loss but they brought in Ash Taylor uh. <laughs> good grief <laughs> um, I don't think it was that it was like basically like I know the Aberdeen, Aberdeen fans don't like me but I'm here to change their minds <laughs> I know uh, good uh, luck with that one which is interesting. There was, a, there was a young lad came in from FC Atlanta on loan. And I thought, that's interesting in terms of the balance of quality of football in that we've just sold, well, not sold, but our first team players just gone to New York City. Yep. Like, to presumably play in their starting 11. I would imagine so. And we're now taking someone out of the second string team, because he's not really played in the first team, mm. on loan. Yeah, so I thought that was curious. 
Uh, their second round opponents, should they beat ROPS Rovaniemi, and there's every chance that there's a banana slip in this, it's happened before. Uh, NK Domit Zali of Slovenia, which would be a pretty nippy. Yeah, I've heard that before, that's never a good start. They pushed West Ham pretty hard a few years ago. Uh, they're playing Balzan FC, which MLT, I presume, would be Malta. So mm. I presume Domit Zali. It could be CS Fola H of Luxembourg or Chikihura. Oh, good grief. Sanchke. <laughs> should, should be a question just pronunciation <laughs> of names of of some sort of Georgian team. Oh, yeah, I remember reading this. Yeah, you'd want to avoid the Georgian team at all costs, I think. Uh, there's FC Vitor, Vitorol of Romania. Kukarachi. <laughs> Kukarachi. That's absolutely not how to say it of Serbia. Or FC Banance of Armenia. Uh, Budun. <laughs> okay. Do you feel this What's one? MNE? Uh, Macedonia, I think. Is it? Most not. Um, FK Budonost Podgor Borkra? I think. Or JK Narva Trans of Estonia. None of which are particularly glamorous. MNE? I think that's Macedonia. You think that's Macedonia? Anyway. Fuck amongst yourselves. Yeah, it all looks naff. Either way, and that. If if they got a good team in the second round. They. You always get your hopes up. I remember when I was younger, I was always convinced that they were going to qualify again. It never happened. It's, um, it's very tough to do it for the first qualifying round, though. Well, these are the last opportunities we are going to have to do so. For normal Europa League, yeah. Uh, because they are going to have this split. Montenegro, of course, John, is what oh. MNE stands for. <laughs> I would never have got that. You're the one who took geography. <laughs> Ah, but Serbia and Montenegro were together at one point. That's probably politically no, uh, charged as well. So, um, I all these coefficient points are going to go to pot. We're still going to get a Champions League place. Yeah, I think it's going to be even lower than the qualification. Yes, so the Champions League is still going to be available to the champions, essentially. Uh, but they are filtering out Europa League 1 into main nations only. And, and then Europa League five. 2 into the rest of us. Now, this becomes a tournament of the qualifying rounds that you see here. It becomes a lot like in the redundant nations, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, <laughs> you, you, at least you're qualifying for a European tournament at that point. Does it become the Challenge Cup of Europe? Yeah, it becomes like, well, remember the Intertoto Cup? Yeah, but that. F4, but is this before it was used as a qualifying route yeah, into the UEFA Cup? It's, it's just a third tier tournament. Yeah, you're right. It's the Challenge Cup of Europe. Yes, and that the, you don't the top teams don't enter it, so it's just the well, kind of, you're going to be ended up. Deal with it. You're going to end up with really lopsided fixtures, though. You look at, you know, say if like Hearts, for example, because I think Aberdeen there's only like ten thousand tickets sold for this fixture. I thought there was much more. Apparently mm. not. Say you've got Hearts, right? Well, a stadium of 20,000 people going out to FC Budenknost Podokria of Montenegro. Now, their stadium holds, oh, 15,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> now, they might not get that. Hold on, let me look at it. Well, that's actually not bad. No, it's actually, that's, that's great. It's that's, not very full in that picture, though, is it? Nice stadium. It's Redundant point. Anyway, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You're, you're going go- to Diddy. You're going to have teams. a Hearts playing um, NSI Runovic from, I think, the Faroe Islands. I know you Which is, has a stadium of about 250 people plus sheep. Um, oh, it'd be. It'd be. Make for the Aberdeen fans now, John. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's exactly that. 
Yeah. Do we think um, that there is a place, perhaps, for a shorter form European tournament to kind of stop the truncation of this qualifying procedure and a la UEFA Nations Cup style? Well, I launch all these sort of wee diddy teams into one country, invite them over to Scotland, there's enough stadiums to go around. Aye! And then just kind of do it all within a week. See, I... It would take as much time. It, it would, but you would all be there. Like, if you had, right, sod 90 minutes of football, right? 45 minutes, right? You just play one half. Oh, you just play golden goal. Ah, but then the the golden goal kind of fails because they're all too fear of... Uh, no. Well, actually, stuff that. Let's go back to, like, the Coca-Cola uh, sevens. Or what it was called. 45 minutes, seven aside, two halves or four quarters, depending on... Right. Uh, which would divide badly for 45 minutes, but, you know, vamp it up, do something different, because, like, it's actually... It's going to be very tricky when Brexit comes, uh, for away fans in particular. Not a laugh. To travel to these places. Because uh, that was one of the problems that Aberdeen had with their ticketing recently, isn't that? Their very truncated and uh, frustrating loyalty point system mm. is that only the most loyal fans were getting to go for tickets, and some people had already booked transport and things to get out to Finland, which is not its not the easiest thing no, a bit, a bit of challenge. to do at this time of year, presumably. Um, and, you know, I remember years back, you know, St. Johnston went to places that you just physically couldn't get to within the specified time of the fixture, mm. um, out in Latvia and things, and then, you know, Kazakhstan. So, I mean, centralising that could maybe hurt attendances, but boost them. Um, but then, who's going to turn up to? Who's who's going to be a like? You're not going to be getting neutrals to that, are no, you? No, no. That's that was going to be my argument. Who's who neutrally is going to go? Do you know what? Aberdeen versus Roman Amy is on at Fur Hill tonight. Buzzing. Let's go down. That'd be great. Um, I don't know. I think it just works badly for us because we never we're rubbish. That's the rotten point of this whole damn thing. Yep. Anyway. Ending our chat about uh, Scottish football, John, you've returned from us after some uh, enlightening footballing experiences, mm. uh, away from us. I'm <laughs> watching some decent football. Quite rightly so, and uh, you were very lucky enough to follow Charlton on their uh, playoff journey as yeah. the glory hunter. Uh, that I am. <laughs> Got lucky that week. Exactly. Do tell us about uh, the experiences you've had on there, because we've. This is the first time we've really had to. Well, it's been pretty good. Chat. Um, I. Have you been went down to a friend of the Who you were down January, February time? Yeah. Went Football to a game. Fiver. Kept watching them. Started watching them through. They. So the kind of turning point really for them was they played Portsmouth. It was a Friday night kickoff, I think. I think they won it 2-1 yeah, and it really, really pushed them into the kind of playoff contention. They were they got to the point where they were almost kind of going to automatically qualify mm-hmm. and they very just missed out on that one. They ended up playing Doncaster two legs in the playoff semi-finals. I think it was, they won the, the away leg first. Sort of really good result coming back to the Valley. And here we go, it's only like just a matter of time really. Mm-hmm. Scored within the first three minutes. The place was absolutely rocking. I've never seen an atmosphere like it in a mm. long time. And then all of a sudden, Doncaster came back into the game. You're thinking, oh, Christ, here we go. Boiled down, it went to penalties. And I don't, know if you, I don't know if you watched on the TV, but uh, got to the point where the security guys were coming on telling the ref, no, you're not doing it in front of the Doncaster fans. And it's getting turned to the other end of the park because we're all like bursting into the, the home end. Mm-hmm. The, there's a big away stand on the end of the park. And 
Doncaster have sold like half the allocation. So Charlton decided, well, we'll sell the other half to home fans. Mm-hmm. And they had the uh, very kind of rudimentary segregation in that it was a line of stewards over one kind of massive long walkway. Mm-hmm. So as soon as Doncaster started coming back into the game, they were bursting through and trying to break it to the home end. Didn't really work. It was pretty unbelievable. What a what a sight though. Like, um, I, and I remember watching on television as well. It was it was just a stonking set of English was, playoff games. Oh yeah, been like non-stop both games as well. I mean, the, the Portsmouth mm-hmm. Sunderland games were absolutely outstanding as well. Um, so I unbelievable atmosphere. I went down to penalties, won it, mass pitch invasion. Yeah. I was sure, of course, in the top two. Oh, he was in the top two, so I couldn't go down in the park. <laughs> Devastated. I was worried. I was watching. I was like, oh no, John's knee. See if he goes down there. And like, like, you know, I'm doomed. Like. I was gonna, I was gonna see like a close up of you on top of the goalposts or something yeah, like that. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, no, I was in the top two for that one. And then got to Wembley. Wembley. How was Wembley? Because you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast will probably never experience. It was something beyond else. a stadium like, tour. You go the tube up to Wembley Park, which is the kind of main station for. Wembley Stadium, obviously, mm. given the name. You come at the station and it's just a sea of people because you look right down Wembley Way. Unbelievable. Uh, just a sea of red and white because it was mostly Sunderland fans. I think they had been out in the bev the night before as well mm. and absolutely trashed Trafalgar Square, like Scotland style, uh, which I think was quite glorious. Of course, because they all would have stayed. They would have been Aye. down the night before. Absolutely ruined it. Uh, but arrived plenty of time, a couple of hours in advance. It was just it was a really, really good atmosphere. Like, it wasn't like violent or anything like that. It was everyone was out? It was like tins on the street. You could drink on the street. Um, everybody having a good time. But round about kind of a half an hour to go, mm-hmm. go to start to get a wee bit kind of tense. Uh, everybody into the stadium and that. It's the first time I've been in where there's actually escalators that take you to your seat. Oh really? Oh, it was unbelievable. So I was in the I was in the top deck of Wembley. And it's an escalator, it takes uh-huh. you all the way up to the top rather than having to take the stairs. I suppose by a stadium that's that tall. I was like, I was expecting hikes of stairs. Like, hikes of stairs. It was like going to the way end of St. James's Park uh-huh. and get the oxygen mask out when you get there. Like, <laughs> uh, but that was, it was escalators. It was weird. Um, 80,000 people. 80,000 people. And the press is off. It doesn't look as big when you're in it. No, I agree. Um, to what you see in the pictures. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the shape. It's, a, it's quite a kind of. It's steep at the top, but it really kind of shells out at the bottom, and I think it gives a false impression of the size of it. See, on television, especially, I find the top tiers look humongous and oh, really yeah. far away. But when you're in, it almost actually looks a bit like a a video game, and that is like, it feels a bit more quite kind of, But I think it's the scale of the telly screens and stuff like that. You well, they've quite... really kind of pan out, and it, it really Aye. exaggerates the size of the the stands. But once you're in there, you get a terrific view no matter where you are. Because uh, I was quite scared I was going to be that far up the back uh-huh. that I would have a rotten view, wouldn't see anything. But um, it was absolutely fantastic. It's, it's actually one of the nicest stadiums I've ever been in. Well, there you go. Charlton lifted the playoff trophy against Sunderland. I believe Jack Ross still has his job. No, by his fingertips. Lewis Morgan then returned to Celtic, presumably. Dylan McGuire got to Aberdeen. Is that happening? Yeah, it's a theory. They've done business in the past with Ryan Christie, so there's a relationship there. You never know. Um, would be a bid from an American stockbroker who's also trying to buy Falkirk. Oh, we're not even going to go into that. No, no. We're not going to go into that. There's, there's not enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about that. No one, nah. no one listens to that. Apart from the 300 that watched our uh, season review, uh, which is always good numbers, so thank you for that. Anyway, I think it's about time to round off. Indeed. Jonathan, would you say? Thank you very much for flying up <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> to join me for this event I'll be visiting you in a few weeks time but uh, you'll be pleased to know I don't think I'll be able to 
fit my equipment. No, that's fine, I'm sure. Um, which would look highly suspicious, I believe, in an airplane. Ah, yeah. we'll be to Europe by then anyway. There you go. Aye, if Rover Amy keep me out, I'm moving away. <laughs> that's it, I'm finished with football. I'm coming to be a permanent Charlton resident, Aye. I think. Uh, so thank you very much from myself, Paul, for listening. Right, cheers, guys, all the best. And have a good evening, a good afternoon, and a good morning. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah, we're fine. That's it. Zero. You're all set up with your bits and bobs. Just making sure I've got a lot of these Connors. Connors key, no bads. <laughs> That's a good title for the. No bads. For the. Connors key, no bads. The podcast, actually. Rangels. I think I've got like a Europa League tab open. Why, mm, St. Joseph's? It's going to be in Poland this year. Cheers, me. So where is St. Joseph's? Is that Gibraltar? Where? Gibraltar. I thought it was Ireland. Uh, oh no, you're, uh, 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 you're, you're quite right. Gibraltar. Alright, oh, I thought that was Irish. <laughs> Just because they're called St. Joseph's? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that in. <laughs> right, good to go? Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. <laughs>